Welcome to another episode of Lead Me, where we want to help you take the next step in leadership. Today, Pastor Eric and Zach are discussing the daily grind of leadership. They're taking a closer look at the reality of the daily grind so that we can take ground in our leadership. So last year, um, I had the pleasure of attending uh, the Global Leadership Summit uh, held at one of our uh, locations here, one of our local uh, areas. And um, uh, it was a really great opportunity to really showcase or at least learn from, um, you know, leaders within their fields. Mm -hmm. And uh, I found that I've learned a lot of information through the Global Leadership Summit and one of the speakers of that uh, they actually had last year, his name is uh, Rich Wilkerson Jr. Um, he's actually the co-founder of, it's called Vows Leader uh, Conferences, also a church as well. But um, he's uh, one of uh, one of the like larger pastors uh, out there, but he had like a really good talk about the grind and how how we could look at the grind and how we could reframe the grind and really like what are some of the challenges with the grind um, or what are some of the roadblocks that we hit when we, uh, when we hit this term that we call the grind. Yeah. So kind of speaking to that, as you're talking about the grind, I'm assuming that means that it's that difficult part mm -hmm. of leadership that, you know, you feel like you're kind of at a stall or like a waiting pattern, or it's just like, you know, things are moving slowly, yeah. <laughs> even as a leader. And sometimes for us as leaders, that, that can be really frustrating, mm -hmm. right? So uh, I'm sure that's what the grind is. Is that a right. good summary of that? Yeah, absolutely. That's so that's actually a really good summary of what the grind is. Uh, and like a really good picture of it is, you know, if you picture yourself, uh, you know, sometime in the past, right, where you've gotten really excited about, uh, let's say, basketball, right? You join the team, you're excited, like uh, you have a vision of where you where you see yourself, and then you hit that first practice, mm -hmm. and the coach, you know, I'm gonna score thirty points, right? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And then the coach, you know, tells you to you know run a couple laps, uh -huh. and you start to realize the work that kind of goes into that. And um, I play basketball like once or twice before on a team, and you could tell the the energy level kind of wane when you start. Uh, doing those drills, right? Yeah. But ultimately, as you can't persevere through those drills, that's what makes you a better, uh, you know, basketball player in this case. Yeah, and that's what I thought about when you say perseverance. That's that's kind of like what we want to capture with the grind is is understanding that there is that hard, difficult part, mm -hmm. and I think that's what he kind of described, right. right? The reality of the grind, right? And so, what were some of the bullet points from that? Yeah. So, uh, really, um, one of the big points uh, in uh, the reality of the grind is that uh, and I'm going to refer to my notes here, oh, but um, a lot of leaders really aren't lost in the epic battle. You know, uh, we have that one main goal that we see. A lot of times we're not lost in that. A lot of times you see leaders being lost in the grind or the aspect. So one of the, one of the examples here lately is with COVID, right? So um, you know, we've had leaders have 
the goals that we've set like for organizations or for churches or whatever uh, whatever the teams may be but then all of a sudden COVID came yeah. complete game changer and for a lot of times now for me like it was a grind because at, well you know I, I work from home and you know it's like very monotonous very low key yeah, you felt like traction wasn't being uh head or you couldn't see any discernible traction so yeah. but yeah and it's well, easy and I, another thing i think about with that like you mentioned it, you, it's not that you lost the future you, you see yeah. the vision mm -hmm. you see you, you know where you want to go mm -hmm. at times as a leader huh. but the grind is this part where the reality sets in mm -hmm. it's going to take a while to get there sometimes it's going to yeah. it's going to be a difficult track it's going to be uh, or you hit that, like you're saying, with COVID. It's right. just like everything stood still for a while <laughs> in some ways. <laughs> and so like that momentum, you lose that energy and that excitement over a course of period of time where you have to find it within yourself to kind of say, okay, I need to regroup and kind of right. move forward, right? Right. And uh, that was one thing that uh, I've been kind of going through here recently. I decided, like, I'm, I'm going to start running, like, first thing in the morning. And... You know the first you know five days it's exciting right it's like ah you know i'm moving you know uh i feel good but then it kind of sets in starts like normalize and then you do have those um mornings where you do question like well why am i putting myself through this yeah and you know that's going to be the time where you you really want to rely on uh you know your why like why exactly are you doing this to begin with and i think that's what uh um uh, uh, Rich Wilkerson uh, really brought with his uh, with his message was not only like looking at the why, but really re reframing why you're why you're going through the grind. Um, you know, and it's like also with Christians as well. You know, yeah. sometimes life does feel like a grind. You know, I think Paul yeah. talked about running uh, running a race, and mm -hmm. it's a marathon, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, it's not a quick sprint; it's a, a full right. on race. It's a mm -hmm. Like you said, marathon. I, I think that's interesting too. Like uh, the, the the idea that that a lot of times we we feel overwhelmed by that. Mm -hmm. Like I think sometimes we can feel lost, mm -hmm. right? Like we see this future and it can be like this vision that we have of where right. we want to be, but like it's not only sometimes of the the pushing through, but even even what step is next, right? right. That sometimes makes it hard mm -hmm. because. Uh, you know, we want that end, end game, right? <laughs> so we, we kind of, and sometimes we may take those little fundamental things uh -huh. for granted, like you're saying about running, mm -hmm. you know. Well, I think too is uh, with our, uh, I feel like with our culture as well, we really, I, I want to say like idolize the, the end product. So, um, you know, we look at sports, uh, sports figures. So we have, you know, like professionals in the fields, you know, but we see them at like the pinnacle of, uh, the pinnacle of their career um you know we, we just have the olympics right yeah. you know we look at them and like i wanted to go dance. We, we haven't watched all the footage of their training day <laughs> after day right, right exactly <laughs> and so we idolize where they are now and we see yeah. their successes but if we really realize or if we kind of took a moment to step back and like look at what that work entailed to get them to that point i mean it's like an iceberg right you know an iceberg there's only you know what like a certain amount of percentage a small fraction of the iceberg right. like sticking on the water but like it's, the majority of the icebergs under the water that's the same thing i feel like with this and mm -hmm. that 
that portion that's under the water is where the grind is. You know, it's that day in and day out, that repetition. It's the unseen things. You yeah. Know, like what he even talks about, I think, right? Is this right? I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but the, a lot of the things that you're doing with the grind is going to be unseen. You're not going to get a thank you. You're not going to get right. compliments. You know, these are the things that mm-hmm. part of the grind is that you're not going to be uh, told great job or things right. always, but those are the things that are unseen mm-hmm. that you're doing behind the scenes that, that are really crucial for us to have that end result. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, that's uh, really, uh, he talks about the, you know, the reality of the grind. We've really talked about that and, um, you know, how it's easy to kind of get lost and get like unmotivated, especially, <clears throat> I mean, if you're the personality type where you do want approbation or, you know, you want, um, you want that instant gratification of saying, Hey, I did this now, like, like, where's the, like, thank you or the, uh, you know, yeah. uh, where's the gratitude, you yeah. know? And, uh, you know, as human beings, I feel like we want to hear that. But if we don't hear that, it's like, are you still going to keep going on? Yeah. Because if you don't, that's like, well, what's your motivation? Is it really that strong? So. Yeah. So I think some of the things he provides is really helpful. Do we want to cover the next one? Yeah, the, absolutely. The so. Um, I'll just kind of give a quick overview. So he does really give like three primary things uh, to um, really approach the grind. And the three uh, primary things that we'll cover is renaming the grind, reframing the grind, and remaining in the grind. Mm -hmm. So um, Eric, we'll just kind of step through each one of the steps. And uh, we'll take it one uh, one at a time and kind of go through that and uh, kind of see what we we learn and figure out from that process yeah that sounds good mm. so the first one is uh, renaming the grind so um according to rich right uh, and uh according to like the information that he provided uh, he said really the first step is to uh to really like bring about like an identity so so he kind of talked about names yeah. and we name a lot of items uh, in our lives whether that's you know like like actual tangible items or events in our lives. And we could either give it like a positive name or a negative name, right? Yeah, I really like that idea, that concept of yeah. you know, we're going to say something, you know, create something positive or uh-huh. creating something negative. Because right. those negative connotations pretty much stay negative. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. And that's the thing too. It's like when you when you encounter a challenge, right? So it's like um, we'll take our basketball uh, analogy there so when you hit practice like do you call it oh man like this is horrible like practice like this is bad or uh, do you name it as this is the way i'm gonna get better yeah. so i mean i mean just between those two it's like oh this is something i have to do versus something i get to do so that's gonna be another way of like yeah. renaming the grind like 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 thinking of it as an opportunity and actually naming right. that as an opportunity rather than you know this is you know boring or this is uh, lackluster you know a lot of times we can think of certain things mm-hmm. we kind of you know name it a certain thing mm-hmm. that's negative and changing that name kind of uh-huh. helps us reshape it to be a more positive thing for us absolutely and one of the things that i've um i've really worked hard and it's still a work in progress but uh, i call it a term called like higher quality problems yes. so that that has been huge and uh, in my life. And this is something that I've started about like two, three years ago. And I've seen a huge difference in it because, 
um, you know, ultimately as human beings, we want the challenge, right? Mm -hmm. We want the challenge, whether we like it or not, uh, we like the challenge. And when challenges kind of slack off, when we find ourselves in a plateau, we get bored. And that's usually when we get into trouble, right? Yeah. Um, or, uh, we start questioning our lives or we get dissatisfied with our lives. So as human beings, we actually like pro problems. Um, sometimes we just don't like how it's packaged or that it forces us out of our comfort zone. So that's one of the things is like, all right, so if, if I start out each day asking for higher quality problems, I'm already asking for it. So I'm already putting, positioning myself to receive those problems. And because I know that through the resolution of those, you know, I grow in my skill level, my personal life, and as my character grows and I get to learn more about myself and I get to push myself a little bit more. Yeah. Well, and I, uh, I think one of the things I thought was kind of, uh, kind of funny when he, when he mentioned this in your notes that I looked at, it was say he called something boring, call it research and development. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like these daunting tasks uh -huh. or these things, maybe, maybe some of us don't like to investigate too many things. Right. I, I like that term research and uh -huh. development because it's more of a positive spin on yeah. certain things. And so if we can, look at those things that are seeming like tedious or mm -hmm. negative or hard and try to reshape the naming of that. Right. It really puts us in a different perspective. And I know like uh, Ken Blanchard talks about uh, personal vision uh -huh. and creating a personal vision. You, you, what are some of the words that could describe you? What are some nouns? What are mm -hmm. some verbs? And I think that's true too. Like if you can kind of use some words that are positive to kind of motivate you to kind of have a end game of what, what you want people to say about you, what you kind of want to represent in your life mm -hmm. that can help you to kind of be focused on those areas. And I think with the negativity, it, 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 it causes us to be powerless in some mm -hmm. ways when we are so negative because we feel overwhelmed. Right. But when we can reshape the naming of that, it's like we're giving power to say, no, I'm going to change this. Right. I'm going to take some um, aggressive behavior in the sense to say, I'm not going to let this reshape me. I want to mm -hmm. reshape it in some way. Absolutely. So it, it's it's kind of taken the fear and the and the scariness of, of it or the monotony of, right. away from that. Well, the thing, too, is. Uh, when you put yourself in a position where you do take responsibility for your situation, I think that plays a key role in your ability or what you think is your ability to change the circumstance that you're in. Because, uh, you know, many times I've found myself in that situation before where you you live in this reactionary mindset and, uh, you know, you feel like the world is happening to you rather than you're making an impact on the world. And so when you kind of, when you live in that reactionary uh, mindset, you're always reacting to whoever. So, you know, whether you're driving down the road and uh, you know, someone cuts in front of you, you're reacting because of what that person did. And uh, when you live in a proactive, when you're proactive and uh, you make impact on the world, uh, you make that decision to say, hey, you know, I know this is going to come up, but I have a choice in that moment. And that choice is, how do I react in this? Like, do I say a prayer for them? You know, maybe, maybe, maybe they're on their way to the hospital, you know, and it may not necessarily be the case, but hey, it makes you feel better. And you've made that choice to be positive. Yeah. Um and we, in that we, moment. And we see yeah. examples of this in the, in the, you know, as far as companies and 
even even our organizations like the church where you know like our church we don't call board meetings right. because it's got that idea of what's well, a boring <laughs> meeting well we call them business meetings uh-huh. because it's you know so the, even like little subtle things where we don't call yeah. it a, a complaint hotline uh, right? we right. call it customer service <laughs> right so it's like words like that can reshape and redefine what that is to give mm-hmm. a more positive spin on something right. that may be difficult or hard you know you don't want to communicate that so even in our own you know, life with yeah. the grind, it's, if we can kind of reshape that in some way to right. rename it, it can. Well, you mentioned research and development, and I think that's really important because, uh, you know, I kind of think of research and development is really like playing around. I mean, you know, you kind of have a problem, but a, a lot of times you, you're, you're experimenting, right? So mm-hmm. you're trying to find the next best thing. You may not know what that next best thing is. Yeah. So you go through all, you may go through like different iterations of what that product could be, right? So yeah. what you start off with may not necessarily be what you end up with. And so, you know, you kind of see this with like when they, when companies create cars, right? The first concept may not necessarily be what the end product is, exactly. but they have to go through this journey of trying to figure out what worked and what didn't. And that's really the grind because it gets monotonous. But I think it's really important when when we see the grind, and uh, Rich really alluded to this, like when you're in the grind, sometimes, a lot of times, that's your higher quality problem because you're in the yeah. grind. And so you start questioning your why. Well, maybe that is the problem is say, like, is my motivation there? Like, um, and so... A lot of times going through the grind and uh, trying to determine what that, uh, what the higher quality problem is, you usually come away with a much better solution or a solution that you never would have figured out in Mm -hmm. the first place or encountered in the first place if you hadn't gone through that process. Yeah. And another thing to to add to this too, is that a lot of times when we, you you know, I think you're alluding to it was if you have an idea or if you have Mm -hmm. a vision that it may not be that at the end, but yeah. that's okay. Right. It's okay. Maybe maybe going through the grind, it'll get better. It'll be a better idea. Right. And I think one of the things that I took offense to a lot of times when I shared an idea, and if it wasn't fully accepted, <laughs> I felt like somehow that was attached to me. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that would help us, you know, talking about the grind is make sure your your idea or your vision is not attached to you. Right. Let it live on its own because if it's a good idea or if it's a great vision, mm-hmm. then it's gonna it's gonna build itself. Right. You know, and like you need to be sharing it and taking care of it, but you don't need to be uh, attached right. to it physically to mm-hmm. say if it's if it's turned down or if it's done something. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's on me. You right. Know? Try to separate yourself from your idea. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean it. it well, I think a lot of times we kind of, uh, we take ownership of that because we put so much, I feel like, of who we are in that mm-hmm. product yeah. that when it is um, critiqued, um, we take that offense as like yeah. a critique to us. But I think also uh, that's where, uh, you know, we, we talk about reframing or yeah. renaming. Let's go ahead so, and talk about that because I think that would be yeah, good. Yeah, absolutely. But reframing that grind you know it's like reframing that question uh is it a critique on me mm-hmm. um but if it is a critique on you right uh are you going to use that for the positive like yeah like are you going to separate yourself from yourself and i think it's also the other thing too because i think that's why we're so we don't take feedback as well i feel like yeah. and it's because we take it personally instead of seeing the motivation behind that critique and and oftentimes at least for me in my experiences it's that i'm taking offense 
un, unfairly, you know, to uh-huh. that feedback mm-hmm. because maybe the maybe the idea just needs refined. Mm-hmm. Maybe the the feedback is only going to make that idea better or that right. vision better. So when you're going through that grind and you feel like you're stalling or you feel like you're hitting mm-hmm. some walls there, don't allow that to to you know feel like that. Oh, you know, this is going in badly or it's mm-hmm. terrible. You know, we again going back to taking it, a personal offense to it. Uh-huh. Maybe it needs to withstand that and go right. through that. And like we're talking about reframing, I think that's one of the biggest challenges I think most leaders have is that if they don't hit that perfect vision, mm-hmm. then they feel like, oh, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not going to happen. Right. Or even if they don't get close enough to where they think they should be. Mm-hmm. I think reframing, and, and correct mm-hmm. me if I'm wrong from what I understood, was it's about looking at a problem in different ways and, yeah. and maybe taking it more of a bite-sized approach right. to where you can accomplish some goals and maybe not right. catch everything. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, um, and I, I've, I've heard this, um, uh, this metaphor analogy um, before, but it's, <clears throat> when you kind of set your when you set your vision, uh, you want to be able to look through like a telescope, right? So you're looking through a telescope and you see where you want to go. So whatever, you know, like a monument or you know, you're walking and you pull out your binoculars and you know you look out like two three miles, but then once you're done, you don't walk the entire distance using your binoculars, right? <laughs> you at some point you have to put them down. And you have to look at the steps in front of you, whether it's stairs or, you know, the obstacles. Mm -hmm. But then from time to time to encourage you, you know, you look up, you use your binoculars and you see where you're going. So it's like this, this dance between knowing what your vision is down the road and uh, looking at what's immediately in front of you and taking those steps to get you to that goal. Yeah. It's kind of like you're doing construction. You got to look at the plans. Every oh, absolutely. While, yeah. But you, you still have to go out there on the field and start building. Right. So right. You can go back and look at the plans, but still you have to go uh-huh. and do the work to get to that vision. Absolutely. So, yeah. And I, I think that, you know, reframing it, um, I think it's also looking at it, like, I guess, looking at building or like you even said, the telescope or not telescope, you said binoculars. binoculars. Right. Um, you know, looking at that, you know, you can have success with these other parts yeah. that you do if you make it in a smaller steps, you know, mm-hmm. and accomplish those steps. And that can kind of give you the fuel to go to the next step. Right. I think you mentioned about like 20%, like if you can solve 20% of the problem, yeah. then it makes the 80% so much easier. So this is something that uh, I learned from one of the classes that I took, but <clears throat> they said that most of the time when you take a look at a process, 80% of your problems lie within 20% of your process. Wow. So the big item is to really ask yourself, um, they have this thing called five whys. So you have a problem. So you state that problem and then you go into five levels of whys. So uh, I don't like getting up this morning. Well, why do I not like getting up this morning? And then you answer that question and then you ask yourself then, why am I doing this? And what you're trying to do is you're trying to break down that really, that big problem. And a lot of times we'll find out that when we, <clears throat> asking the five whys gets you down to the root of the problem. And the root of problem is if you solve that, that solves the majority of your issues. And But, but it's not easy by any, any means. You know, it requires a lot of introspection, a lot of questioning. But if... Uh, now, if you're like truthful yourself, 
you'll be able to get to the root of the problem, you know? And if you solve that small thing, a lot of times it's like a small change and that small change causes great, a big. Yeah. Sometimes the the things that get me excited in leadership and especially when I'm experiencing the grind where it's just getting that monotonous is that Mm -hmm. little tiny victories or those little tiny moments that give me hope. It gives me a spark to, to say, okay, well maybe this will, you know, just like you're saying, and you kind of feel if you can hit some of those, uh, mm-hmm. then it kind of builds a momentum uh, right. for the next set of problems that you may face. Well, and they said, um, you know, Michael Phelps. Uh, Michael Phelps, you know, was a really acclaimed swimmer, very accomplished. And he started his days off with a win. So, like, we see the final product of him winning a gold medal, right? But he started the morning off with small wins, and that progressively, like, I checked this off, mm-hmm. and I checked this off. And so that kind of led and built to what we saw, um, you know, on television. Uh, so, I mean, that kind of leads back to that. Uh, the other thing, too, as well as with reframing the grind, and I'm going to read this because it's quoted from Rich. but Sure. He says, we don't see things as they are. We see things as we are. And uh, really the idea is that we have this really poisoned perspective and that prevents progress because we, uh, and this is another thing that he mentions that throughout a day, you know, we think about like an average of 40,000 thoughts. Now, whether that's, you know, we actually think about it and we make the choice or it's subconscious, we, it's that repetition that we tell ourselves right whether it's like i'm going to do this i want to have coffee or you know i'm not good enough or like you you did a task and you're like i don't think i did a good job well that necessarily makes me a bad worker you know so it really leads you down that path and so so out of forty thousand thoughts the vast majority of them are negative thoughts (laughs) so um it's i thought that was a really interesting statistic um but I, I like that, uh, this uh, quote that says, we don't see things as they are, you yeah. know, and, you know. A lot of times what's inside of us is projected mm-hmm. onto that vision or right. that idea or product uh-huh. that we create. And, you know, right. uh, we got to separate again that and, and try to, like we're saying, re- reframe it, right? right. Reframe it to Absolutely. where it has a different approach. You know? Yeah. Or like uh, perspective, you know, sometimes we're so comfortable with the perspective that we have Mm -hmm. that we don't, uh, necessarily just question to say, Hey, like, let me talk to someone else and see what their perspective is on this. Uh, because you know, like my, uh, one of the things that I've talked about before was like a cylinder, right? If you, if you rotate a cylinder, depending on where you are, you either see uh, the silhouette of a circle or of the cylinder itself. And so that's, uh, that's really the powerful thing about the perspective and being in the grind and reframing it because you might just see another side to exactly. uh, to the grind. Well, that's a good example. I also want you to share about the, the silver medal syndrome because I think that was yeah. a real key there unless you wanted to share something. I will say about Instagram, I do think that a lot of times you know, with our culture, we mm-hmm. kind of get this idea that everything has to be perfect and and Absolutely. I think that really stops us. You know, we, I think we've talked a little bit about that, about the idea, but mm-hmm. You know, sometimes things happen in a mess. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, right. like there needs to, you know, there, of course there needs to be some control and there needs to be some guidance. But, but if we go to this idea that everything has to be perfect, a lot of right. things wouldn't be done. Mm-hmm. I, I think about Thomas Edison. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't, you know, every time he, he didn't create a light bulb, he thought, well, that's just not how you make a light bulb. It right. wasn't like total failure, even though it took him a hundred times uh-huh. to create a light bulb. 
he saw it as an opportunity to know, yeah. okay, these are not the elements that you put together to create a light bulb. So right. I think that, I think that's a lot of times our problems. Like we, we, we want this picturesque, mm -hmm. you know, perfect scenarios yeah. and, and that's, that's not going to lead to success. And like all the examples you've shared, you know, whether it's Michael Phelps or other people, mm -hmm. it's just not going to happen if, right. if if you keep that mindset. It's good. You're going to be frustrated right. and you're going to be disappointed. Well, and uh, that's, a, that's a really good point too, Eric, because, um, and I'll, I'll kind of take this, it kind of, uh, it really ties in with this, but diamonds, right? So mm -hmm. I'll take one of the shiniest things uh, out there, right? A top price for the final product right but if you kind of look back at the process that it came through like if you look at the first example of like that diamond out of nature i mean sure you may find some shiny uh, parts of it but it's not like the perfect faceted diamonds that we see right so you take those diamonds and you have to go through the grind right you yep. have to grind those surfaces into those perfect facets uh, that way it catches the light it glints it's yep. perfect and then it's so, but you know, there's, there's that process and literally it's ground down to perfection basically. Yeah. Um, Not even speaking of the time it creates, right. it, it takes to create a diamond. Exactly. And, throughout the... and it's straight under pressure, yeah. you know? Yep. And I mean, it's huge pressure. Yeah. Uh, the pressure to like turn carbon into. Yeah. Um, this into, beautiful thing. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing when we find ourselves in times of pressure in times of grinding, I mean, even the Bible kind of talks about it, right? And um, the verse eludes me, but right with gold, it's uh, it's smelted, right? Mm -hmm. So that yep. the dross, right, uh, yep. rises to the top. Yeah, take and, out the other elements that were in the gold. Right, yeah. absolutely. And so that's part of like reframing. It's like, gosh, you know, this is a really tough situation that I'm going through, but know that you're not alone. You yeah. know, you have God, you yeah, know, yeah, you've been asking the, yeah, definitely yeah. have God. And then also asking you, what can I learn from this? Maybe there's right. some things in that grind mm -hmm. that you're learning through that process, mm -hmm. you know, developing good habits. Like you talked about, like, you know, getting, getting the right mindset in that process. So right. I, I think that's very important. And that was one of the things that, um, one of the things just from reframing the grind, but one of the items that he brought, he said that everything you are facing us in this season is preparing you for the next season. Yeah. So rename it and call it preparations. I mean, that's yeah. huge. Like, gosh, yeah. you know, this is a really boring time, but it's preparation. You yeah. know, like if I do this well, it'll prepare me for when that opportunity comes. And then you're able to take full advantage of that opportunity. Yeah. So. Actually, speaking of that, there was uh, a time where, uh, I felt God called me to a certain mm -hmm. church to become a youth pastor, uh -huh. but they already had somebody leading the youth. Right. And I felt like for like over a period of six months, I was helping out a little bit, but it mm -hmm. wasn't the call, you know, right. I was wanting to be in charge. And, and it was interesting because about the time I was about ready to say, God, I'm, I think I'm just going to check out some other churches and go leave, uh, you know, God opened the door. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's so many times where, we we kind of miss those opportunities. I think it goes along with, with staying in the grind, though. But yeah. I want you to make sure you share that silver medal thing. Yeah, absolutely. I think so really, uh, and Rich kind of talked about the silver uh, medal syndrome. And I, I, never really, I never really thought about it in that way. But he talked about how the silver medalists statistically are the most unhappy with what they received, like yeah. the reward they received because they're in this position to where, you know, 
maybe they missed off a like they missed reaching the gold medal position based off of like a hundredth of a second or yeah. a thousandth of a second. So there's always that thing in the back of their mind where they're thinking, gosh, I if I just pushed maybe just a little bit, yeah. I could have got that. But when you look at the bronze medalists, you know, they're more happy because, you know, just a fraction of a second out and they would have yeah. been they wouldn't have had anything. Yeah, exactly. And, and so it's like that perspective of you know, um, treating everything like it was something that you potentially could not have had, you know? Yeah. And I think that, that, again, it goes back to the fact that are we, are we so concerned about being number one or are we more concerned about just making a difference with what we're doing? Right. It goes back to the vision the purpose. I don't think that, you know, we know in life that not everybody's going to win first mm-hmm. place on everything. But right. does that mean everything else has less value? Right. You know, like it, it doesn't. Like the things you do, uh, as far as I know, like these companies that are out there in the world, uh, they may not necessarily care if they're number one or number mm-hmm. two. If they're still making money and right. making a profit, maybe they're better off not mm-hmm. being a, like the biggest company in the world. You know, right. like uh, what is it? Apple's like the most. Or Microsoft, so. one of those. Uh, but but why does it matter? <laughs> right. You know what I mean, like as long as you're doing a niche and you're serving a, an mm-hmm. area of need. Uh, but a lot of times, like you said, I think about that too with the silver medal. That you know, it's almost like we question, like, mm-hmm. could I have done this? Could I have done that? And right. with the bronze, it's like we're just excited to be there. Right. Know? Well, I think that really kind of takes us to our third point, sure. which is remaining in the grind, because. Um, really our purpose, what our purpose is or what our why is, like what ultimately what our end goal kind of determines why we remain in that grind. Because uh, as you said, like if uh, if you compare like a sprinter, we'll just take a sports analogy. You have a sprinter versus a marathon runner, right? Yeah. A sprinter won't be able, I mean, sure, they'll beat the marathon runner for the first 100 meters, right? And they'll do it in like really good fashion. But the marathon person will run 26 you know you know you have ultra marathon ultra marathon uh, individuals that run you know hundreds of miles you know 100 miles yeah. uh, and so and when, they're more out of a consistent rate because right. they've trained their bodies to be at that consistent rate where the sprinter is just giving it all they can at that you know burst yeah exactly so knowing your purpose really kind of defines uh, how how you handle stuff because and, and that really kind of brings into like comparison you know, talked about Instagram and like comparing people it's like well you know this person's life looks so much better but what like what was you know what was their what's the purpose that they have in mind you know maybe you have a different path that you're taking and that's why things different things look different and of course you know with instagram social media you know we only share the good things we don't we don't really share the bad things that we experience we don't share that stuff and so we're only sharing the good stuff and uh, if we're in a season where we we're, we're not seeing the same sort of um good things happening to us then we start comparing well yeah we may have good things down the road and that same person may not so and it could be in different areas like um they could be doing good really well uh financially but also be hurting relationally as well so i mean there's a lot of considerations to take in mind well as you share that i think you're going back to your race analogy that when you're looking backwards mm-hmm. you're slowing down right you know, the the people that are racing the race that look keep their head forward, uh-huh. they're going to run faster. Right. If anybody looks back, 
you're ultimately slowing yourself down right. because you're not looking towards the goal. Yeah, uh, You're not pursuing the, the goal that you're after to finish the race. Well, I think the thing, too, is being happy, um, yeah. you know, being content, right? Um, and I think knowing that you've given, that you gave 100%, 100, 110% of uh, what you're capable of, mm-hmm. you know? So, like, in your analogy, like, as a sprinter, you're running, you're running down the track and you have your eyes on the goal. Well, if someone who also has their eyes on the goal, you know, beats you, gosh, you know, like, like that's awesome. You know, yeah. like being happy in that person's, uh, accomplishment, achievement, yeah. achievement. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Helps uh, with, uh, with that grab because, you know, it's not a, uh, it's not a zero sum game. You know, there's always going to be, uh, areas where you may give 110%, but you know that you may give a, give it all you got, but you may not necessarily reach a certain goal that you've set. Yeah. But it's the idea of going through the grind and developing your character in the process. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's a very important thing, developing your character in the mm-hmm. process, because, um, you know, as, as we know, I, I can't remember where exactly it is off the top of my head, but yeah. perseverance builds, uh-huh. uh, you know, trials builds perseverance, mm-hmm. perseverance builds character. And then with character, you build hope. Right. And so, you know, going through those stages mm-hmm. um, is really kind of remaining in the grind. You mm-hmm. know, uh, if we remain in the grind, it's going to develop us over time. Right. Uh, like I mentioned about waiting for that youth ministry position. Uh-huh. During that time, it was re-aligning re, uh, my heart uh-huh. and helping me develop some ideas so that when I gave, had the opportunity, I was ready to go. I already had lessons prepared. I already had uh-huh. uh, ideas to go with. And sometimes in the grind, uh, you may not feel like you may feel like you're stalling, but that's a time for you to kind of reimagine <laughs> and, you know, reframe, but also to you know, refine some of the things mm-hmm. that you want to do, you know, when you get there, when you have your opportunity. Yeah. And I mean, and the thing too is um, a really important part. And I think that's important about like remaining in the grind is just knowing what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, and I think a lot of times we're always looking for the quick hit, you know, like as far as, oh, like, I just want the answer. I want the shortcut to X, you know, whatever it may be. And a lot of times we just have to tell ourselves, I'm going to get into the situation where it's going to be uncomfortable. Yeah. And I know it's going to be uncomfortable. So when you hit it, it, you don't ask yourself like, this is so unfair because I'm, I'm experiencing discomfort. Yeah. You're already, you're already proactively thinking about that. And you know, when you hit that discomfort, that that's, that's you being thrown out of your comfort zone. Uh, you're being pushed. Uh, you're being pushed, and you just have to kind of keep. You just have to keep going. You know. Yeah. And uh, by doing that, you know, I feel like so many times we go through and we like talk ourselves out of not sticking uh, to the grind, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh wait, you quit. But if you had just given just a little bit more effort, yeah. you know, you would have gone there. Yeah, yeah so. that leads me to my one of my favorite verses, Galatians six yeah. nine. You know where it talks about do not become weary in doing good because uh, at the proper time you receive right. a harvest if you don't give up. And I think that what you just said there is that part where mm-hmm. there, how many times have we missed the harvest because we just gave up on an idea. Uh-huh. We gave up on an opportunity. We decided to not stay in the grind uh-huh. and remain there because we just wanted to quit. Right. And I think that, you know, I, you know, I, I use this probably a lot with my sermon illustrations, but 
you know, the moth. The uh-huh. boy had a moth, and so he was like, he was oh, struggling yeah. because it was in the larvae state, and it's trying to become this moth, and when it tries to break out. Well, he he feels sorry for the moth, so mm-hmm. he tries to cut a little sliver in the cocoon to give it that space. Mm-hmm. Well, what he didn't realize is that that fluid that was in his wings was supposed to go down to his body mm-hmm. and he couldn't fly. The moth couldn't fly because there was too much fluid in mm-hmm. his wings because he didn't go through the process of the grind right. in the cocoon to force that fluid into his body. Yeah. And so, you know, a lot of times we, we think a, as the grind is a, as a really bad thing mm-hmm. or that stalling or that frustration mm-hmm. that we face, but that can be a, a learning time. Right. It could be, and this is the thing when we talk about our faith with God, God is working in ways that we don't see. Mm-hmm. And that's what we as Christians have to keep in mind too, is that even if we're in the grind, mm-hmm. um, if, if God wants that vision or that idea to happen, mm-hmm. then we need to hold on to him because he's working behind the scenes. He's doing right. things that, that are out of our control. When we think everything's dark or everything's bleak, he's, he's on the move. Right. You know? he's, he's still working. He's, he's, he's God, you know? Right. And I mean, that's, that's really important too, because I think, you know, like on rainy days, like when you, uh, when you take a flight on a rainy day, it's, it's amazing because, you know, you look, uh, you're driving to the airport, everything's just dark, hazy, you know, gloomy. And then you get on the plane and it goes above the clouds and the sun's always shining, right? Yeah. And that's such an amazing thing. Like with God, you know, we, we go through the grind, but, you know, he's there the entire time. And so just kind of focusing on that and also you know you may have times where the grind may actually be a rut in your life but you looking back uh maybe uh maybe you being in that rut forced you to take a path that you never would have taken and so like really uh I, i strongly believe that with god nothing is ever wasted you know and we look back and uh while in that moment it may seem unfair it may seem boring monotonous but when we look back um i think with god's help we we truly see at least a fraction of uh how he has helped us navigate through those uh through those circumstances and i think that really looking at these and and was resistance one of this or was that something that you added to that or resilience oh um, sorry resilience yeah so resilience was something that i added to it yeah it was something that i brought up and um, the note that I uh, created or I jotted down was when, when you choose to rename, reframe, and remain, we develop resiliency. Mm-hmm. And when we do it in one part of our life, we find that, um, you know, naturally uh, bleeding over into other uh, portions of our lives because we don't give up on things because we know we are resilient. And yeah. it's like working a muscle. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think that's, and I like the fact that you're saying that too, that, Sometimes we got to go through all these different words mm-hmm. like, you know, am I, am I just needing to, to remain? Uh-huh. Am I needing to reframe? Do I need to, mm-hmm. what was the last, first one on, um, to, uh, you know, rename. Uh-huh. I think that those are key words to so rename, reframe, and to remain. Uh-huh. I think that those are, are keys to kind of work through as we go through those times of grind. Yeah. To kind of say, maybe I need to take a different approach. I mean, that's basically what we're saying, right? right? Is is look at it and say, maybe there's a time that I need to remain. Maybe there's a time I need to reframe. Right. And maybe there's a time I need to re, re, rename it uh-huh. to really get a better uh, mindset around it. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I like the fact about the resilience, too, because I think that 
you know, going back to the perseverance and, and that builds character, that whole process there mm-hmm. is important because it really shapes us to be able to conquer. And it goes along with your mm-hmm. statement about higher quality problems <laughs> that if I conquer this problem, that I can look out for other problems that I can mm-hmm. solve that's going to make it, you know, as you get in a habit of doing these mm-hmm. solving problems for your organization yeah. or whatever you lead that it's going to become easier. It doesn't mean it's going to be totally, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, not any, any, um, um, you know, hardships that you'll face, yeah. but there'll be times where you, you feel like, okay, I understand the process. Mm-hmm. I understand that I got to go through some of these things. Exactly. And it's going to be okay. Yeah. Uh, God's got this and, and I can work through that. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, really we recently, uh, you know, we're new parents of, so, well, a year or so yeah. <laughs> but it's really interesting because our son's going through uh you know the walking phase and i think so many times we forget that we were kids right yeah. and what's interesting is he stumbles like over and over like he'll go for a run and he stumbles trips but he gets up like yeah. it's very resilient and because of that he builds his muscles and he's able to be a better you know walker you know as uh as he be- becomes older and so i think that's a big thing that we should just keep in mind is yeah that's a very good point too that that's kind of there already yeah but it's it's amazing how we let the world or uh-huh. expectations that we have yep dictate that reality because really we we are kind of built to be right. resilient in our world as a, mm-hmm. as a baby as a child and then yeah. sometimes we get too distracted with the noise of the world or even our own deep thoughts that we have that counterdict what's really there you know exactly yeah well thank you so much for joining us thank you for joining us we have to continue to do this and i've enjoyed the conversation thanks hey you're you're very much welcome